everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. I'm Nat. And I'm Z. What's up? What's up? Nothing really. It's been, you know, a little bit of a busy week for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my yeah, husband's birthday was on Friday. So we um, right. just did some, you know, fun things. Had someone watch the baby for us and mm-hmm. um, just hung out. And so I'm still kind of recuperating from all of those festivities. <laughs> nice, nice. So what about you? Um, my basement um, has been flooding so off and on. So I've been dealing with that for about a week. And... Um, we had that person eventually come out and fix it only for them to be like, oh, something might be wrong with your sump pump, which is running and has not stopped running. So we had to put in another request. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's you know, been a pain in the arse, honestly. Yeah, because I remember yeah. talking to you last, what was it, Thursday? No, Wednesday, mm-hmm. I talked Wednesday. to you. Wednesday. Yes. And you were dealing with that. So I know that that has been a challenge for yes. you. Yes. And we had so. to go buy a humid dehumidifier, uh, a wet vac. Um, I'm, they got into the gym, like, and all, it's just, you know, everybody has a job and has a has a gift, but you know, there are some people that just need to organize their business practices better. Um, yes, I will say that is those are facts. <laughs> yeah, because what you said about Twitter, I just might have to do that. You have to, and you know what? Now that you've said things about business practices. I feel like a lot of companies are going to have to start to really look at the way that they are operating their business Mm -hmm. and determine what changes they need to make for a host of reasons. I was watching the news recently where they were talking about companies having to offer people like um, signing bonuses because Mm. they can't find people to work. And I don't know Mm. if it's because of the fact that a lot of people are making the same amount of money they would make at some of these companies on um, unemployment. Which is about to end. Which is but about to end. I don't think that's it. I think for the lower end, right? For okay. like the targets. And I'm not saying that target is a lower end. I'm just saying for the lower end of the salary mm-hmm. spectrum. scale, spectrum, mm-hmm. those companies are offering like 500 dollar signing bonuses Mm. and i think it's but people if you're going to work there and it's minimum wage or a little over minimum wage you might just be making more on unemployment where someone like you or me unemployment ain't gonna do not a damn thing it's not gonna really it's this it's just not gonna do nothing so right but even those companies are starting to offer people like five thousand dollar signing bonuses and here's the thing I think at this, I was watching this girl on YouTube or um, a TikTok or something, and she mm-hmm. was talking about the, the the work week as it stands now. And she, she got history wrong a little bit because she was talking about how Henry Ford created the 40-hour work week and actually uh-huh. with the unions, it wasn't him. Was you know, like, the unions were fighting right. to get 40 hours because of what the hours were prior to that. Exactly. Um, but she was saying, which I do believe there is some, She there was some truth to what she was saying because we talk about this a lot when we're talking about self-care and mm-hmm. taking care of our mental health. She was saying that, you know, her generation, was, which was Generation Z, might be the generation to force companies to move away from the 40-hour, mm. five-day work week right. and do maybe a four-day work week. Like they do everywhere else? Yes, because they care about their mental mm-hmm. health as well. Like Gen X, I think, well, the because the boomers were all about work. Yes. Where the, I th- the and loyalty exactly where I think mm-hmm. Gen X, our generation, started to care more about work life balance, right? Where we want to work, but we also need some type of balance mm-hmm. with that. And yes. I think the millennials really took that to another level. With right, I don't have loyalty to, to you, anybody or this company, um, 
I when I come in the door, I want to be making my six figures and be the CEO. If not, then I'm gonna just go do my own thing. Right. And I need to be able to travel eighty percent of the time and work twenty. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not how it works. But they've just I'm just joking, I'm being facetious, but they've expanded on the work life yes. balance. And I think expectations. Their work, yes. I think their work life balance is more like fifty fifty. Where I think mm-hmm. Gen X is more like seventy. Yeah, because we will, well, 60, we're quick 40. to work late for certain things and put in extra hours that some of our younger counterparts are like, um, I'm sorry, no. Is yeah. that over, over that overtime um, pay? If it's not, then I'm not doing it. Right. Thing. They're a lot more vocal on their demands of what is being demanded of them. Right. I would say, but I think that's good and bad. Mm-hmm. But I also think because it takes away sometimes from the quality and work ethic. Mm. just because I don't feel like doing it. You know, there's a lot of stuff in life you don't feel like doing, but right. you got to get it done and push through. Right. Um, so I think it's definitely, it's a unique time. And I also think with the fact of everything going on with unemployment, the the pandemic has caused people to pause and think about what are they doing with their their um, their lives, their 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 choice of careers mm-hmm. or lack thereof mm-hmm. um i think i saw some of the news to that effect like with the 48 hour work week and stuff like that but at the same time folks are like look i don't really want to do this job anymore because it's not what i want to do more people mm-hmm. are like i want to embrace something that i enjoy doing mm-hmm. and figure out how can i indulge my passion mm-hmm. to an extent and then you have people that are just lazy but i think that there's a lot of people reflecting on their endeavors and how to get their funds. And I think this is a good way to segue into talking about what today's topic is, Mm -hmm. is living with fear. I think a lot of people are starting to transition away from being fearful to leave Mm -hmm. what they've known and kind of venture into the unknown, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of us, the reason why a lot of us stay, especially boomers, stay, Mm. um, in their jobs like i've realized now that at my you know because we're government employees Mm -hmm. a lot of government workers the boomers stay in one position for 45 years or stay in the government for 45 years and i'm like why are you still here right i don't plan on being in and still working no like i but there's a sense of fear there it's the fear of well what else am i going to do to do that's why a lot of boomers if you see when they retire they go right back to work they, that is the so whole, true. I would thought the whole point of retiring was to not work. Work. <laughs> so why did you retire just to, to go back to work? And it's the fear of just being alone, being alone mm-hmm. with your thoughts, being like, it's just a lot. So, yes. but that's, yes. but that we're going to talk more about living with fear um, during this episode. So, so what is the tea of the day? Oh, yeah. The tea, what is the tea of the day? The tea of the day is what we're going to talk about. But the tea of the day is also what we're drinking on. And I'm actually right. drinking what we're, the tea that's on the table. Yo. Please know that we're not tea experts. You should speak to your doctor when drinking herbal tea because there could be potential side effects when mixed mm-hmm. with some medications. It's not a substitute for medication and we're not affiliated with any of these companies and we're not endorsing them. So what is the tea on the table? It's so yummy. So, and I think we both love this one, London mm-hmm. Fog Latte. And I didn't realize I've probably been drinking an, a, a version of this for most of my life. I didn't put the <laughs> name to it. So, because <laughs> West Indians love some Earl Grey. So, London Fog Lattes are made by combining sweetened Earl Grey tea with some steamed milk and vanilla syrup. It's a great option to get from Starbucks. Z hit me to this. I didn't know they did this. If you're on the go and don't want to drink a traditional hot tea blend, you can make it a del- make this delicious concoction at home by using the following ingredients. A cup of about eight ounces of strongly brewed Earl Grey tea, half a cup, about four ounces of steamed milk, any kind, almond, whole, whatever you're fancy. Um, oat milk, I know that's a big thing now for mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tablespoon of, of granulated sugar. And one or you know more or less to taste. Don't 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 be doing the diabetes sugar type thing in here. We're not trying to promote that. We just want to sweeten it a bit. Yes, a bit. Yes, please, just a bit. And a quarter teaspoon of vanilla extract, store bought or homemade. And then you bur- you brew that for about three minutes and let it steep. 
and then remove the tea bag and and add the remaining ingredients and serve warm. It sounds delightful. I'm gonna have some it's today. It's very delicious. And I actually yes. even saw a recipe where they took lavender flour Ooh. and they infused this with some lavender. So mm. I said, hmm. I think I might try that. I forgot what the yes. ratio of lavender it is that they use. And mm. then you do that and then you just drain it or strain it so that you don't have the lavender buds in there. Yeah. And then it gives it a little bit of, you know. A little juice. That's yeah. like lavender lemonade, which is tasty. I haven't had a lavender lemonade, I don't mm. believe. I've had it at one of the stores and I've, one of them holistic stores and it was tasty. Yeah. Just a little I, hint of it yeah just a little hint so mm -hmm. um and fresh mm -hmm. lavender if you have it probably anything fresh is better than yes you know mm -hmm. the store-bought stuff so, so just keep that in mind um so, so what's the hot tea today i don't yes. have a lot because i'm tired and i just didn't do all of the research that i probably should have done first. i think you're allowed to see the like, hot seriously. tea so um see, just full disclosure y'all z does like some amazing prep work and organizing all this much props to her. Gotta give her a shout out. Yeah, I just try. I'm, but I'm also type A. Something that I'm working on. Um, <laughs> obsessively. Uh, I, my husband and I had this conversation recently where I finally could take a step back and say, yes, some of that is a little overbearing. And if you are not somebody who is just like me, then I could see how that could be overbearing to be overly prepared in your face all the time like it's it's a lot it can be and I saw it myself because I was like I had to take a step back I was like wow I am doing a lot right now and we both busted out laughing because it was just like I was fully aware that I was on I wasn't even on 10 I was on 20 oh damn. and it looked so crazy and he's like I can't your brain and my brain do not work the same and you are overloading me with information right now. And I stopped listening about three minutes in. Oh, He's damn. like, you didn't see that? And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, damn, I did just like go off the deep end. I was a little <laughs> Let me roll it. Let me reel it back in a little bit. Um, so, yes, it is. Hot tea. Um, so, Shakari Richardson, we talked about her. It was really going to be Black Girl Magic at the Olympics. It's right. going to be black girl magic minus one because yes. she was tested she tested positive for marijuana mm -hmm. and so they gave her an immediate she basically admitted to it they gave her immediate suspension of 30 mm -hmm. days so she can't compete in the 100 meter and then they thought well her 30-day suspension will be done right when the relay races would start right mm -hmm. so people were saying well she'll still run in the relay race and then they were like the olympic team was mm -hmm. like nah sis you're not going to be on the team either and yeah. so she's 21 four years she'd be 25 i mean you have you look at uh, allison felix you look at a lot of other track stars they they run and run it well into their 30s early 30s i mean you have to be mindful and cognizant of the fact the older you get your body isn't going to be the same i mean if she takes care of herself from now until then i fully feel that she'll be prepared for the next olympics i mean the olympic trials are probably in another two years so mm -hmm. um you know i don't see this really hindering her that much it's a disappointment i mean nike um Nike uh, didn't, I don't think they did. They didn't get rid of her endorsements or anything okay. like that. And I think that that's more because marijuana is acceptable. Whereas when Michael Phelps got caught, like he lost a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Even though he did it outside of the Olympic time frame. Mm -hmm. um, and here's what I'll say about it. There's been a lot of debate. People say, well, those are rules. She broke it. You know, marijuana's not that bad. The Olympics just stopped tripping. She knew, da-da-da. This is how I feel about it. She basically said, yes, I knew it was a banned substance, and I did it anyway. She's 21 years old. And we talked about this recently, about cancel culture and how people just like to just cancel people for making mistakes. This is a, this is a prime example of, you know, I saw somebody say, well, she... You know, she uses her, she said her biological mom died. That's just a, that was just to gain sympathy. As someone whose mother died at a very young age, regardless if you have a relationship with her 
a positive relationship with her or a negative relationship with her. That is going to have a negative impact on you regardless because you're going to think about all of the things that you're not going to be able to do you're not going to be able to repair that relationship if the relationship is gone you're not yeah. going to be able to mm -hmm. ask key questions that are definitely going to be needed for this girl's healing mm -hmm. as she gets older trust yes. me it's going to help her when she's in therapy <laughs> at 35 trying to figure out why she's made certain mistakes mm -hmm. um you know i feel like that you know, there's something going on. She might not have the right team of people around her. That's that part. And, you know, she's, you know, I just feel like probably the way she grew up, there probably is a lot of things. There are a lot of layers there. So I'm just going to say give her some grace. She's 21. She says she's human. She is. I'm not going to pass any judgment on her because we have all made some questionable decisions in our 20s mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i will say if after this mistake she hasn't grown or learned and here we are hearing about her monthly mm -hmm. about something she's doing then that's a separate conversation but right. for right now i think we should just give her the grace to make this mistake learn from it get better people around her to help yes. push her forward the people around her, I think, is going to be a key takeaway right, for her because I think if you had... Yes, you have choice not to take anything away from her her, her agency. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've all... A lot of us, you know, you and I knowing, being friends for over 20 years, there's certain things that we advise each other on. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I don't know if... We may not tell you not to do it, but we right. may be like... So we don't know if that wasn't the case. Maybe she had people around her that were like, yo, chick, mm -hmm. calm down. But but I think it definitely speaks to making you kind of think about the company you keep when it comes right. to your dreams and aspirations, how authentic people are, mm -hmm. um, and where jealousy may come into play or mm -hmm. not, and mm -hmm. just well-being of the people that you are in your circle mm -hmm. or in your tribe. Um and we all know how those things and the dynamics of relationships can go and people are closer to other people than others mm -hmm. and listen to other people versus some of their other friends. But it does bring to question how for her to maybe sit back and think about how do I handle this moving forward as I get older. Right, right. And, you know, I, I tend to, especially in your 20s, I tend to give you a lot more grace than someone in their 30s or 40s, right? Mm -hmm. Because, again, I can't imagine growing up in this time span at 21 like yeah. i don't know what questionable decisions i would have possibly made you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and again it speaks to we all are in, okay there's a lot of things like that you think you know better mm -hmm. that you'll do better but you don't you know people know that being in abusive relationships are not healthy but exactly. people still get into abusive relationships mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. there are so many things that we do in our 20s that we think you should know better but there there's a host of reasons why people do things that they do exactly so um, like i so said many levels i'm going to extend her grace and just hope that she learns from this experience get better people around her and pushes through this pushes forward through this um ain't nobody gonna be there to watch the olympics anyway because tokyo didn't say ain't no spectators that allowed. part I saw so that. i mean mm. you know there's I just hope part. she she does better. I just hope she does better. Mm -hmm. Um, recently <laughs> we had the versus battle with Bobby Brown and Keith Sweat. Yes, and that was hilarious. It was like it two was. drunk uncles. Well, <laughs> one drunk and one who was an addict that's sober now, just talking shit uh, and shooting shit. It was entertaining. I was. I'll say I didn't watch all of it, but it definitely was. Parts. Neither of them can sing. There is Bobby was ooh, it was painful both of them, um, but it was entertaining. Um, it was, but it I don't was. think Bobby did a good job with curating his list list I, because he should have played some songs earlier than other songs. Um, he would have had a little bit more sustainability. Yes. Or um, 
stamina or whatever. Right. <laughs> but it was it was it was entertaining. I I can't you know it was entertaining. Um, it, it was it was entertaining. And apparently they got the notice like. 48 hours before they went. So this huh? wasn't something. Yeah, I read I read something that they 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 took the call 48 hours before cuz I don't know if Versus had two other people lined uh -huh. up for it and it didn't work out. So they found replacements and they did it quickly. Um oh. that's what someone said because you didn't hear who it was until like two days before the Essence Festival was supposed to start. I was like, oh, it's Bobby Brown oh, and Keith that's Sweat. Right, like, the Essence Festival. I keep forgetting. So, right. I mean, like I said, it was enjoyable. I mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I mean, that's that's all I can say about that. <laughs> it was entertaining. It was entertaining. I, it, it was entertaining. Um, and recently, Mark Lamont Hill and um Joe Judge Joe Brown, uh, they both. What's going on with that? So, Mark Lamont Hill had Judge Joe Brown on his show. And basically, Judge Joe Brown was just like, they were talking about Bill Cosby. And Judge Joe Brown was um, like, F them women, pretty much. Like, what? That's, what they, that's what they did back then. They took drugs. Quaaludes were drug of the choice back then. And if you came in there, you should have, like, basically, he was saying, whether you knew or not, you know that that's the environment, so that's on you. And that so they got into the this, right, so they got into this heated debate. People were coming after Mark Lamont Hill saying, like, it's funny how you want to come at Judge Joe Brown saying X, Y, and Z, but people were coming to your defense with the whole, because, you know, when he got kicked off of, was it CNN? Mm -hmm. For, you know, the whole Israel, oh. and Palestinians, and... So he got kicked off of CNN for pretty much taking Palestinian side in a situation and basically saying what people already know, but people are afraid to say. Right. Um, and so he got kicked off of CNN. And so they've been yeah. beefing. And it's just been... But Judge Joe Brown has been on one. I would, I would say anybody go and just touch, type in Judge Joe Brown uh -huh. and see some of the interviews that comes up. This man is crazy. Something wrong with him. Like, some of the what? things that come out of his mouth, I am, like, appalled by. Like, literally appalled by. Um, oh, my. It's bad. <laughs> so, just take take opportunity and then just check it out. Um, and I think that that's... That's pretty that's much it. That's pretty much it. I mean, unless y'all care about loving hip-hop hip -hop folks. Um uh. What's going on with that? Who started? I saw, I saw Housewives of Potomac is starting. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't watch us. So I'm not sure. I just well, know one you of know, them lives up the street from us now. Oh, okay. You yeah. you know um, mm -hmm. Safari, who Safari is? He was Nicki yeah. Minaj's ex-boyfriend. Right. And so now he's married to Erica Mena. Uh -huh. And they're getting a divorce. And they was just had... Pregnant? Yes, they just had baby number okay. two. She had the baby early. The baby is in the NICU, and this fool is in Jamaica living it up like he don't have a care What? So people have been coming at him, and he's been posting. See, here's the thing. It's one thing that you're in Jamaica and you're celebrating your birthday, but he's in Jamaica celebrating his birthday and posting it on IG Live, like videos. And it's just like, what? wow, and your child is in, in the a NICU. NICU. Not just and, in the hospital, in the NICU. In NICU. And maybe I'm sensitive because I've had a child in the NICU and it, it, she was in NICU human. for 11 yeah. days. So I'm a little sensitive to that. And people say, well, she should have never said she, he, she ain't want him in the hospital room. She said she ain't want him in their delivery room. As somebody who understands how stressful giving birth can be, mm -hmm. you don't want somebody in the room that's going to give you... Yes. And I understand where Anxiety. some people may come from. Like, he's a father. He should be there. But in that instance, it's the the most important thing is the health of the mother and the health of the baby. Mm -hmm. And if I, as the person who's giving birth and bringing life into this world, feels like your energy is going to be a little bit too mm -hmm. much for me, I just don't want you in the room. That's not to say that I don't want you there for our child. Right. I just don't want that energy to have an, a negative effect. At that on moment. The, on that moment. On me being able to bring um, life into this world. And they have an mm -hmm. older child. So he saw the birth of that child. So, And I feel like he is just very immature. Because I would be like this. 
you, my I'm child not, is in it. In the Nick, you fine. You don't want me in there because I'm gonna stress you out. All right, whatever. I'm not gonna trip off of that. But I'd be damned if I leave my child yes! who's in the NICU and just be like, oh, I'm partying, I'm living it up, I'm doing this. Like, that just basically shows you the type of individual he was in the marriage. And that shows you why they're there probably getting a divorce. <laughs> that is all you and need who to know. Is he with in Jamaica? What kind of friends you got that you're He is from to... Jamaica. He's from Jamaica. He's I Jamaican. Don't care. But I wouldn't go. And we're, I, it is what it is. I just hope, I mean, she got her own issues. Erica yes. Mena ain't the ain't the the cleanest of the clean, but right. um, in terms of shit she's done, mm -hmm. but we're talking about the child, and that's the most important thing. It's not Agreed. about what's going on between me and you. It's about what's going on with our, with our child. Good child. So, mm -hmm. but that is what it is. Um, True so that. that's that. all I got. All right, y'all. We're gonna take a quick break and come back, and we're gonna jump right back into our tea time segment. episode is about living with fear and according to psychology today fear has the ability to alter our perception of reality in many different ways there are two kinds of fear one acute which is uh, life-saving direct fear which heightens our awareness and the other one which is a slowly sneaky sneak up on you type of fear indirect fear which lowers our awareness the same basic emotion, fear, it, you know, it, it can produce completely different results depending on how it enters our reality, how we receive it, and more importantly, how do we cope with it. So specifically, acute fear. It's like, for example, being in the midst of a car accident, the fear of losing, at that moment, you're in the fear of losing your life. And this type of fear actually gives the power of, gives you power by being able to tell you what to do right now. It's kind of like the flight flight or fight response where your body you know you know what to do in order to save your life um it's it's very important and it's automatic you know and a lot of times it's m that much more heightened than um individuals based on their traumatic situations the other one is indirect fear which is being perpetually reminded of negative things which you seemingly have no control over at least in your mind there's no way that you can control what's happening to you it can lower your awareness you know, it narrows your perception of options um, and stagnates your sense of time and space. It kind of disorients you. Um, and it's kind of like whatever you do, you, it gives you the thought process that whatever you do, no matter what, you're never going to be good enough. Um, these things are like, you know, it's like that gnawing little fear that kind of keeps you from doing certain things. You know, it makes you think, what if I'm going to lose my job because I do X, Y, and Z? the fear of the of an invisible virus of just being you know kind of looking around all the time thinking something's wrong something's going to happen to you what if i get it um and then the fear of the war on um war on terror how do you even it, there's some people as you know and that's where some stereotypes come from that the war on terror the only way they can adjust it or attack it is by being fearful and thinking everybody's coming at them at any time and space and wherever they are and when they see something they report something but it may take over their life and they, they just live in um i guess kind of like in, in our day growing up z would be kind of being considered a scaredy cat for some folks where that's mm, like their constant mm -hmm, state mm -hmm. of what if what if what if this mm -hmm. may happen right you know what about that and what about this and and real and not to say there isn't a validation for having some of those fear but it may be a little bit it may take over your life right. and 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 completely um what's the word i'm thinking of it may it really it take over your life in such a way it hampers anything that you do and then you can't function as a person so mm -hmm. how do you do like and if you get into that point where fear is running your life because you're in that sense a scaredy cat so to speak maybe unjustifiably how does that what does that look like what does fear look like when it runs your life you know yeah and so the fear that we're going to focus on today is the indirect fear and how to limit its direct effect on your mind your body um and 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 how to reduce the fear in your life so to to first even 
get into that, right? You have to figure out is fear ruining your life? <laughs> um, and there are ways that you can kind of determine that. You say yes when you mean no. So what does that mean? You know, you're afraid to disappoint people or get rejected if you don't say yes. You fall into fear-based, people-pleasing, self-sacrificing behaviors mm. that lead to resentment. And this happens to a lot of us. Yeah. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be seen as the person who's not cooperative. And I think women do this more. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, we tend to be more people-pleasing. So we do that in our, in our personal mm. relationships. Um, our friendships, our work friendships, work relationships. We yep. say yes a lot when we really want to say no. Yes. It happens a lot. It happens mm. a lot. Um, but you can also do the reverse. You say no when you mean to say when when you mean to say yes. You're afraid to take risk. Or when you are afraid, you're unlikely to take risk. Um, you'll say no because you're afraid to fail, you're afraid to succeed, you're afraid to get rejected, you're afraid to stir things up, you're afraid to get out of your comfort zone. And this is what we were talking about earlier. Like if you're like we know people who have been institutionalized by the government mm -hmm. <laughs> and they tend to be baby boomers yeah. and they tend not to want to rock the boat or stir things up. Mm -hmm. So they stay in the same position for years and years and years because they don't want to go out of that comfort zone. So when they do get opportunities for growth, they want to say yes, but they say no. Because yeah. a lot of times you don't want to show your weaknesses and we all have them. And to say that you don't, you're lying to yourself. Everybody has a weakness. And I think we are afraid sometimes to show that weakness. And so we just say, no, that's okay. No, I don't want that. Uh, that promotion, no. That opportunity, that training opportunity, no. 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 Um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's. It's interesting, but, you it know, is. it also leans on, well, that's how it's always been. Right. So why would I change it? It works. Exactly. If, it if it's if broke, it, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Without <laughs> and realizing there's a something can still be improved upon. Exactly. Without changing it completely, but you you know going with the times. Yes. But there's fear of that because you're yes. fear of being that you're antiquated, you're out of date, you're not. Huh, yes. That you're not up to snuff. Then this is why folks are going to come in and replace me, or something to that effect. In this particular example that we're talking right. about. Exactly. Um, do you find it hard to, or do you struggle with making decisions? So when you are afraid, you avoid making the decisions your soul knows you must make because you're terrified of the uncertainty. You know where this shows up a lot? Relationships that no longer serve you. Mm. A lot of us stay in relationships that no longer serve us, stay in jobs that no longer serve us, Stay in friendships that no longer serve us mm -hmm. because we can't make the decision, 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 <laughs> <laughs> the decision that we know we need to make. Yes. You know, when we talk about women's intuition, mm. that, that is real. Ooh, so you're sitting there. Yes. With that pit <laughs> in your stomach. And you say, I know I don't and need guts. to be at this job anymore. Guts. Why am I still here? I know I don't need to be in this relationship anymore. Mm. Why am I still here? Mm. I know I don't need this friend in my life anymore, but why am I still here? A lot of it is because you're afraid of what happens over that, that decision. Mm -hmm. What's waiting for you on the other side of that decision? Right. If I leave this relationship, if I leave this marriage, if I leave, where, where's my life going to go? Right. If I don't have this friend in my life anymore, where am I going to go? If I don't, if I leave this job, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some, you might fall on your ass. You might. But guess what? You, you may take off. It may, it may have the opposite effect. <laughs> this is true. You never know. You might but, leave yeah. a marriage that you've been in for 20 years mm -hmm. to find somebody in a year or Yes. Two days, get married, and live out the rest of your lives happy. Yeah, I've seen that happen before. 
I think that's the biggest thing, especially again for women. Mm-hmm. I think we're like I feel like men don't have the problem of making it like they take risk. Period. Oh, I think well, they're yeah. risk takers, right? Hands down. And I think that they are the type of people like I'm going to quit my job to be a rapper, and you're just going to deal with it. <laughs> and <laughs> or, now here I am, right? Or I'm going to drop on your doorstep. Exactly. <laughs> or I'm gonna leave this marriage after being with this woman for 15 years. It is what it is. And I'm out. And I'm out. Men take those risks more. Yeah. Where we women, I think, tend to be like, oh. We will think of the long term. Men are like um, initial initial instant gratification. Mm-hmm. More so. And then yeah. that they're like, okay, if, if I deal with it, I deal with it. But then if I don't, I don't. There has to be some level of conscience there. Not right. to say that men don't have conscience. However, there, it, with that risk taking, I think that supersedes well, what if the, what if there's the what ifs are negated mm-hmm. when some men take risks? Yeah, because they're yeah. like, I'm gonna just see what happens. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this next one I feel like is me. I, when I say I'm Type A, it is a mm-hmm. a nicer way of saying I am a control freak. Um, and when you are afraid, you feel like you need to micromanage everything. You think you live in a hostile, random world that's out to get you unless you grab the wheel with both hands and steer your life towards what you want. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is me in a lot of ways. And I'll say this. This is something, and I've said this before, and this is something that, um, you know, I've learned in therapy. And this is something that may help a lot of people moving forward. Because my therapist always told me, you know, anxiety is worrying about the future. Depression is worrying about the past. We get depressed over a lot of things that we can't change because they've already happened, right? Our anxiety is about the things that we know will be coming up in the future. I have anxiety and my anxiety manifests, or I'm a control freak and my control freakness manifests itself into anxiety because Mm. it's just like, I'm afraid. And I know that a lot of that has to do with the way I grew up, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that happen in my, I saw my sister this weekend and we had this conversation about, we grew up in the same household, but we, we grew up different because uh-huh. we're four years apart. So my childhood, it looks a, a, a different than her childhood in right. some areas, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so from, from my perspective, there were a lot of things that gave me that give me anxiety for the future right Mm -hmm. food insecurity has been a big issue for me Mm -hmm. and i over i'm a control freak so i purchase things like they're going like you could come to my house and probably eat for like a year (laughs) good to know when the zombie apocalypse comes we're going to (laughs) (laughs) because it's ridiculous right and i think when you are a control freak or if you are somebody that's a type a you kind of feel like you live in that's really fear that you're mm-hmm. living with mm-hmm. it's just a a different version of fear and you don't identify it as fear because you're not really dissecting what's at the root of why you're mm-hmm. being such a control freak right and it's literally fear your fear of being out of control your fear of losing control the mm-hmm. fear of not getting the things that you need you know mm-hmm. not being you know, being in want, being in a exactly, state of want. Exactly. Um, so if you are somebody like that, a type A, if you self-identify yourself as type A, if people have told you you're type A, if you consider yourself a control freak or people have identified you as a control freak, just dissect that, mm-hmm. get to the root of it. And I guarantee you there's some fear at the at the root of that. Mm-hmm. and Or the, the, the foundation of your control freakness it's from that is fear mm-hmm. is fear um, you find yourself striving in vain for an impossible to achieve standard of perfection you're afraid of criticism failure and rejection and you'll do anything to try to become perfect and there is there's no such thing as perfection Mm-mm. nothing it doesn't exist there's nothing it, it doesn't there's mm-hmm. nothing that there isn't you know you think that there is because this is what especially in this day and age social media mm-hmm. may tell you there's something perfect that person has a perfect body mm-hmm. that person has this that person has that the perfect life the perfect salary yeah. the perfect job and it's bullshit all of it all of it 
It's bullshit. And when you're afraid, the thing is, if you're afraid of criticism, failure, and rejection, you are going to try to do things to become mm -hmm. more perfect. You mm -hmm. may go, and I'm not speaking negatively on anybody that does this, but you go get the BBL. What is that? Are you, are, is it a fear of being rejected by somebody that you like? They don't see you as a perfect woman. Mm -hmm. So you want to go get stuff done to yourself? Are you, you know, are you put are you putting yourself in, in debt for school? Mm. Because you don't want people to think that you are less than them. So you're going to get all of these degrees because you feel like if I get all of these things, then I will be perfect. Mm -hmm. No, no, nope. Nope. That's fear talking. Mm. If you want to do it for yourself because it's something you strive for and an accomplishment you want, but if it's being um, supported or, or fueled by that fear of what everyone else may think, that's that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you settle for less than your dreams. Again, we talk about this. When you're afraid, mm -hmm. you, you, you don't take risks. You don't go after what you really want. No. You convince yourself that your your less than quote unquote juicy life is as good as it's gonna get, and then when fear runs the show, you forget how to dream. Mm. I will say, and in a lot of sense, and in some ways, this may be me. Like, I know somebody, you know the person, mm -hmm. who every two years she's like, okay, I don't want this job, fuck this job. I'm gonna find me another job. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm out. Like, you don't want them, I'm gone. And like, I can't do that. I'm afraid to do that, right? I'm afraid if I do get this next job, I'm gonna hate it. Or I'm gonna get uh -huh. this next job and I'm gonna get fired because I'm not living up to some state. And who's talking to me and telling me this? Nobody's <laughs> telling me this. I'm telling myself this, <laughs> right. I, right? Like, I remember, this is good. My sister recently, had been unemployed for a very long time due to COVID, right? Mm -hmm. She had lost her job as a downsizing. And so she'd been out of job for a while. And I, and, and it was taking a toll on her mental health. She mm -hmm. finally got a job. And she hated the job. <laughs> hated the job. Good salary, hated the job. Right. And she would she was telling me she would have panic attacks. And I, I mean, my sister does a lot of the editing for us, so she's going to hear this. I love you, Stephanie, but hey, it is what it is. She had like panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I don't know, you're so dramatic. It's a it's an effing job. Like, why are you getting so worked up about an effing job? And like me and her would talk about it. And uh -huh. I'm like, it's work. And then I realized, no, you cannot put your fear into her. Stop doing yeah. that. You're speaking from a fear-based place. Mm -hmm. This woman is telling you that this job is affecting her mental health. Yeah. And you trying to put your perception of what the reality is what you mm -hmm. believe the reality is around that on her and that's not fair right and she took a chance i did tell her though you don't quit that job until you find another job i don't right. care how bad it is because what you don't you, it's easier to get a job when you have a job than when you don't mm -hmm. i said just stick it out until you can find another job and she wound up finding another job and she mm -hmm. just say I, I i'm glad that you told me that part all the other stuff you told me you could stick it up your ass but that part part was spot on all that other shit i wasn't trying to hear it but that was spot on and she's so much happier now right mm -hmm. because she wasn't afraid she's like look i'm gonna take this chance on me mm -hmm. and i don't care right where i was just like oh god you're just gonna be without a job again what about money what are you gonna do but right, that was my right. fear talking uh -huh. for her you know uh -huh. um you procrastinate a lot are you a procrastinator yeah. you're afraid of putting yourself in the arena because of fear of failure uh -huh. success uncertainty judgment criticism or rejection again fear is surrounded with these it's like fear and these things are pointing to it so mm -hmm. if you feel if you're afraid of criticism if you don't like criticism or rejection all these things are fear-based right mm -hmm. yes there are people who are afraid of success yes. and i know that sounds stupid but there are people who are afraid to succeed because now they have to they feel like now i gotta really keep Dude. that up <laughs> right keep up with what everybody thinks i can do right mm -hmm. and that fear that's fear for a lot of people um so a lot of people tend to sideline themselves. Mm -hmm. 
They'll sideline themselves. <laughs> I'll be all right. I'll just be over here. I'm I'll good. be in the cut. I'm good. I, I like being in the background. Yep. When they may in fact not be the case mm. at all, but you're you've been so comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, um, the borderline apathetic. Because if you start to get that twinge where you have to go back and forth with yourself, like I really should step out. No, I don't want to step out. I know I have the skill set to step out, but I'm gonna just. I'd be better off, it, or it'd be better off for everybody else mm -hmm. in your mind. Mm -hmm. That's because I don't want to mess anything up. I'll just stick with what I know. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, we tend to silence ourselves when we're fearful. You know, when fear is running the show, you avoid speaking up for what you believe in. You won't let your voice be heard when your integrity is being threatened. You won't tell people when they've hurt your feelings. And you're too afraid to ask for what you really want. And we see this in a, mm. in a lot of different arenas, right? You see something like, okay, you're having a, a, a disagreement with somebody, right? Case in point, there are, there are a lot of topics out today that cause a lot of disagreements and friendships and relationships, right? Mm -hmm. You could be talking about the Bill Cosby thing, or you could mm -hmm. be talking about, you know, the Olympics treatment of black women, or you could mm -hmm. be talking about, I don't know, whatever. Taxes. Ta right. There are a lot of things that you could be talking about that can make you butt heads with somebody, right? But if you're afraid, right, to speak up for what, if you're not speaking up for what you believe in, that's fear talking, right? Because mm -hmm. you're fearful that this person who's your friend is now going to reject you and not want to mm -hmm. be your friend because you're really telling them how you feel, right? Mm. Or your friend hurts your feelings, but you don't want to tell that person that they hurt your feelings for fear of what they're they're going to say back to you mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. why are you afraid if this person loves you and cares about you then you should feel comfortable with, with saying these things right mm -hmm. um so so people don't realize how paralyzing fear it can is. be in our lives right um you go into work and you want a raise but you don't want to, you're too afraid of rejection. Mm. So you don't even ask for one. What's the ah. worst thing if they tell you? No. No. I know hey, I, I want a $10,000 raise. Mm. No. Okay. okay. I asked. <laughs> I asked, you know. But if you don't, what they say? Closed mouths don't get fed. Yep. So true. Unless you're in a situation where you can't get it. Like, me going to my boss now asking for a raise, it'd be like, did you bump your head? Do you remember where you work? This is government. It don't the work like that. They don't care. You'd be like, you got a ray? Okay, that's nice. Anyway. You'll get your you, you'll get your cost of living increase right? at the beginning of the year. You better leave this agency and go somewhere else if you want to increase. <laughs> what step are you? Your step right. five? Okay, wait. You get a, another raise in three years. Yes. Three years. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. But some of us have the ability and capability of going to our bosses and saying, I want to be paid what I'm worth, but you can't ha you can't get that if you don't open your mouth, mm -hmm. right? And then this one I think covers so many things. Mm -hmm. You get sick. Fear could trigger a, res a stress response in the body that puts you at risk of disease and makes it hard for the body to heal itself. Perfect example: COVID. There are people who are afraid of just leaving their home doing anything because of what could potentially happen to them. But if you don't regulate that fear, it's mm. going to have a negative impact on you. I know specifically, this person may not have made themselves aware of it, but I've seen the impact that COVID has taken on somebody close to me. They're always tired. Their body is always mm. aching. They're always just exhausted, their stomach issues. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, this is fear. You so worked up with the fear of everything going on. Mm -hmm. You just worry too much. You worry and some of sick. that worry, you worry, you've worried yourself sick. And I'm not to say that I am not a worrier. I've just learned I can't be fearful of everything because you're not going to live life. If you're afraid to do anything, think about how many missed opportunities, missed mm. things that you have 
missed. <laughs> right. Just because of fear. Yeah. I don't so want to be things. so many things. I don't want to be 80 looking like, damn, I should have did that when I was 50. But I was so scared. I was so fearful. Mm -hmm. I was I was filled with fear and worry. And I'm not saying having a, a having a, a normal, healthy level of fear is good. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. feel like some people take live in such fear they can't that do anything. It has. It, they, they're paralyzed and they cannot do anything. And, and I'm not again. Life. No. Mm -hmm. And again, such as life. Yeah. There are going to be things that are going to come up that are definitely going to have you be a little fearful, but don't let it paralyze you. So, so. In a nutshell, all that is to say, <laughs> that is how fear is ruining your life. Right. And then, but how do you move past that? So now that we've established that we, how fear can ruin your life, how do you move past the fear that is trying to ruin your life? Mm -hmm. Because you don't necessarily have to acquiesce to that. You can just acknowledge that that's going on and make some changes, you know, and looking carefully at the things you are afraid of, you know, it's, it's, and we've talked about this on numerous occasions and Z brought this up. Things in your past can impact how we view the present. That is um, very telling, and mm -hmm. it's just kind of how I think folks really need to acknowledge how much of an impression your past can have on you in your present day activities. Look at the current information on things that, you know, that are triggering your fear. You know, are, why am I worrying? Is it something low risk? Like Z mentioned, sometimes we're afraid of the fact we're afraid of the unknown just for the sake of being afraid. And then where does that come into play? Is it fear or is it anxiety? Mm. And yeah, which is so key. And, and Z made a really good, um, you know, alluded to this really well earlier. You know, fear is defined as an emotional state triggered by real actual danger that is in front of you. So it's, it's inherent. It's a body, a physical response. And then you look at fear as a positive instinctive emotion and it serves you to protect you from to get and to make sure you get out of danger. Mm -hmm. You know, your things get heightened, your heart starts beating fast, you get an adrenaline rush so that you can hurry up and take off to go wherever you need to go to save yourself or protect yourself. And then whereas anxiety is is created from the image or the perception of danger that's not actually present in that moment. So sitting there thinking that something's going to happen, what it's the what if, the fear, fear of the what ifs. Well, what about this? And what about that? Um, according to 2011 statistics released by the U.S. Department of State, there you are 35,000 over 35,000 more times more likely to die from heart disease than from a terrorist attack. Do y'all hear that? Like, like really thinking about the things that day to day can affect your life, like heart disease, versus something happening um, in a terrorist attack is is more so an anomaly. And, you know, and of course, anxiety is a major factor contributing to this, um, as well as, you know, understanding the threat and the impact of heart disease. But it doesn't make sense to focus on the threat of, well, is this going to happen every day? You're going to wake up and think, oh, there's going to be a terrorist attack today, instead of taking that fear to say, what do I need to do to make sure I'm taking care of myself so that I don't develop heart disease in that, right. that, in that situation? Be I realistic. Exactly. It's, and it's weird because if you look at it, right. Heart disease it is it, there is a anxiety is a contributing factor to heart disease. Mm -hmm. If you are more likely to die from heart disease than a terrorist attack, you're being counterproductive by worrying about if a terrorist attack is going to happen every day because you're causing anxiety, which then has a, an effect on your heart. Exactly, like, it makes sense. But that's with anything. If you're afraid of catching COVID, I mean, it's a real fear. Mm, yeah, and that is a real fear. If you are afraid to. You know, I mean, as parents, we're afraid to let our children out of our sight, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there are just certain things that trigger a level of anxiety, but that level of anxiety then has a negative impact on everything else in our yes, lives. on your parasympathetic nervous system. Right. So if you if you look at that, then you should say to yourself, is this worth being anxious over? Is this worth mm -hmm. being fearful over? Because is this going to have a more negative impact on my health than what I'm actually worrying about? Yes, exactly. <laughs> And having to be realistic about it and put everything in context so that you are you can put that in pers perspective as to what it is you're afraid about so you don't further contribute to your heart disease situation, mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, and this is where logic comes in. I mean, because think about what C just said makes sense logically. You worrying about that is causing an adverse effect on your health and your uh, about your heart disease in, the, in that situation. Logically, it doesn't make sense to be upset and anxious over something because in, in, inherently it's causing detriment to you. Ask yourself, what exactly do I fear and how realistic is that fear? Like... Is it is it really possible and plausible that it can come to fruition? Um, and sometimes, a lot of times, you know, the fear is is unwarranted because the risk is so low. Um, and then at some point, we kind of realize, oh, it wasn't that big a deal. Kind of like being afraid of your shadow for some reason. And then you realize, oh, it's really no big deal. And but you got all fixed up, you know, all worked up about it. And then, you know, to be aware is one thing, but are you fixating on certain? Mm. Fixation fixation also leads to anxiety. Yes, yes. Because Focusing some people on one get, thing. Yes, get so hyper-focused on one thing that that's all they talk about. It's mm-hmm. like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What about COVID, what COVID, 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 mm-hmm. COVID, COVID. Or, uh, you know, whatever the fear is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're so fixated on it. It's just like, well, how is that helping? It's not, because there's nothing you can change about it in that moment if you're, you're upset about it. Only thing you can control, and this is where control in a good way comes into play, because you can figure out ways to to calm those fears by using and practicing mindfulness and meditation. And it'll help you kind of quiet your mind if you need like 10 seconds or you're getting anxious, kind of count. You know what folks say about the anger? When you count to 10 before you mm-hmm. do something. And the same could be said for something when you're anxious. Um, mm-hmm. And not fixing on it because you'll give yourself like 10 minutes, a couple minutes to be like, okay, is this realistic? Is this a valid concern? Maybe I just need to take some deep breaths and realize it's not coming at me in this situation. Um, and then do it habitually, you know, so that you can sit and think about, well, and observe, are my thoughts realistic? Are they really in, in line with the perception of fear and what is actually happening and mm-hmm. adjust your your mindset um, accordingly. And, and meditation and mindfulness can really help with that and deep breathing that we've said, you know, on numerous shows before. Um, and really, one thing that I think is huge is take control of what you can. And that's where we come in with the control issue. Control is one good thing on, on in this regard. Take control of what you are able to to regulate your level of fear and your perception of fear um and understand you know that there are things you can prepare for yourself to make yourself feel better if you're fearful of a particular situation so if you can plan stuff out to a point that are areas that are controllable that will help alleviate some of that fear great i'm not saying go hog wild and like plan every little thing and then you get upset when things don't go to (laughs) <laughs> the way you want to because you have to allow for a contingency if you will but you know just think about that that and then understand yes some fear of course can be overpowering but there is fear that is healthy a healthy amount of fear can protect us from ourselves so sometimes being able to discern the difference is is that there's a trick in i guess i wouldn't say a trick but that's the a challenge for folks trying to balance well, how do I take control without it being overpowering for my mm-hmm. life? And then how do I recognize that fear is a good um, indicator that I need to fall back and just let things be, but I'm also preparing myself to make better decisions moving forward. Right. You know? You know, I, I would say, like, like I said, me being somebody who, and I'm very transparent about this, being somebody who has suffered, who suffers from anxiety, um, I understand fully how that fear can level up to the anxiety and how that anxiety then takes control of everything right and one of the things I definitely had to learn from the list that you just gave is that to accept the things that I can't and take control of what I can and I think that that is one of the key things to take away from this because I think that that is like the the foundation. Once Mm -hmm. you realize that I can control these things and these are the things that I can't, I'm not going to worry about these things. I'm not going to be fearful of these things Mm -hmm. because there's nothing I can do about these things. I can only do something about the things on this side of the fence, but I can't do 
anything about the things on that side of the fence. And because of that, you know, I think if, if we're mindful of that, like we talked about when you're practicing mindfulness and meditation, when you're doing your meditation and you're doing your mindfulness, when you sit there and you say to yourself, hey, let me think about the things that um, I can control. I can control this. I cannot control that. So I'm not going to worry about those things. I'm just going to worry about the things that I can control. And if I can control these things, how are they, how, is there any fear based around that? Right? Um, but I think that this was a good conversation for us. So um, with that, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our last sip of the day. with your hood Dalai Lama I am your hood Dalai Lama today's quote is never trust your fears they don't know your strength and that is attributed to Athena Singh um, I don't really have anything else that's all I prepared for <laughs> because I don't live in fear as to y'all coming at my neck about giving y'all some more words of wisdom <laughs> I didn't even try <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us this week on Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. You can follow us on Instagram at Sipping Tea underscore Nat and Z underscore pod and on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Sipping Tea Nat and Z to get information on upcoming podcast topics, guests, and news. Thank you for listening and we will see you next episode where we will discuss how to have difficult conversations. Thank you.